Hello listeners and welcome to episode 9 of Want to Watch. So today we're going to be talking about a new film by Celine Sciamma, who is director of Portrait of Lady on Fire. The film is called Petit Maman. It came out, I don't know if it was this year, as in 2022 or last year, um, but we only watched it today. I think it may still be in cinemas here in the UK, so, you know, hot off the press. I'm here with my girlfriend, Catherine. Hello, I'm back. Hopefully some of you may remember her from uh, the episode six months ago now, was it, on Prisoners? Prisoners. And the one on... Oh, no, Incendies as well, yeah, yeah. And also, I'm sure many of the people who actually listen to this know her in real life, so <laughs> she needs no introduction. Uh, still going strong, six months <laughs> on, which I guess is good. Uh, hopefully this age as well. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> okay. So we watched this film on movie. I recently got a subscription uh, a couple of weeks ago now. It's quite good. Not that I'm sponsored. I wish I was. But it's only £6 a month for students. So anyway, I would recommend it. But that's besides the point. Um, so yeah, we watched Petit Maman by Celine Sciamma. This was your first time watching a Celine Sciamma film, correct? Yes, I think so. I'm bad with yeah, directors. No, I, but... I think so as well, from, from <laughs> what I know about what you've seen. Don't mean to brag, but it's actually my fourth Celine Sciamma <laughs> film, so mm. make about what you will. Not that I really consider myself an expert on her films by any means. I've only seen, the four of which I have seen, I've only seen them once, and I only really liked two of them, which one of which is this. Oh. The other being Portrait of Medium Fire, no surprises there. So yeah, we we were saying we we really need to rewatch that film, or at least rewatch for me and then watch, and watch for you. It. Yeah, I mean you've had the DVD in your room for since we moved in here. Yes, yeah, it's so... been sitting around. It it needs some love. It's been a while. It's been about a year and a half since I last watched it. So yeah, you want you want it to be a moment though. It just it can't just yes. be a random evening. Yes, yeah, it deserves that much. <laughs> this film, I mean, I won't talk about Portrait of Lady Fire too much because obviously you don't have a reference point for that but this is an interesting kind of follow-up to that film in that it feels as if she's like kind of paired her style of filmmaking back a lot more because in her other films in the past they're almost like on a similar kind of level to like this film like Petit Maman where there's like small casts it's kind of like a small story involving again like only like a few characters at most and kind of orientated around some like larger themes like she made a film called Tomboy, which is about a, to the best of my recollection, I really hope I'm getting it correct, but about a girl who is kind of struggling, like a young girl who's struggling because um, she, I don't know if, if she wants to transition into being a boy because, you know, she's very, mm. she's very young, but she ha- um, has lots of kind of like masculine characteristics. And the, the film kind of revolves around her relationship to other children her age and how she's like trying to fit in. And then there's also another film uh, by her called Water Lilies, which is about, which I believe she made that after coming out of film school. I'm sorry, I keep going on and on about <laughs> films you haven't seen, but I've just kind of given people a bit of context. So yeah, Water Lilies has Adele Hanel in it, who I've probably butchered her name, but she's in Portrait of a Lady on Fire, quite good in, mm. in both films. And that's about uh, two uh, young lesbian characters who kind of like, you know, discover themselves over the course of the film. And uh... <laughs> she likes um, a female lead. Then yes, she she does like a female lead. I'm not even sure if she has done. I think she's only done five films. I may be wrong, and I think they have all been with female mm. leads in them. Which it's yeah, it's it's interesting, and especially with Portrait of a Lady on Fire again, not the film we're talking about, mm. but you wouldn't know it. Yeah, that that film's interesting because it could have been like 
what makes that film so good, perhaps, uh, is that it is done by a female director. Like, it couldn't have been the same where it had to be, have been done by a man. Like, it feels, feels like there's so much more nuance in its depiction of femininity yeah. and... Uh, I was about to say lesbianity, that's not a word. Les- <laughs> lesbianism? <laughs> yeah, lesbianism. So I'll cut that bit out. <laughs> lesbianity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, on to Petty Maman. Um, what did you think of this film, seeing as it was your first foray into a filmography? Um... <laughs> as long as you need. Okay. I liked it. <clears throat> that's good stuff. So that's a good start. I, I mean, it was only short, so yeah. my, it, it kept my attention the whole time. But I feel like if it was longer, I would have still enjoyed it. But I think it was, it was the perfect amount yeah. to, to tell those characters' stories. And... I, I definitely agree. It feels like it's a perfect amount of time. Mm. And personally, I don't really know what she would have been able to do. Mm. Like, with an extra, I don't know, 20 or 30 minutes, it would have felt bloated, perhaps, with the kind of story yeah. it was trying to tell. Uh, yeah, so, so it's only about 70 minutes for reference, which obviously, in this day and age, where, like, a lot of films top out over mm. two and a half hours, it's nothing, you know. You could fit two Petit Mamans in the space of one, I don't know, one Blade Runner 2049 or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Just because that's a film I know you like. Yeah. Um, not not as a slight against that film, because you know I like it a lot it's as well. Not. Yeah, so I guess we'll, it's probably would do well to actually explain what the film is about, because I imagine perhaps no one listening to this, <laughs> as far as I know, would have actually seen it. Yeah. I don't... I don't it's fine to spoil it, right? Because it's not... Really, I think, it, yeah, I think it's Because it's pretty... not... A sp- yeah. Yeah, well, I think in order to like, actually explain the film, you have to kind of... Yeah, I wouldn't even it, really it, consider it a spoiler. Okay. So, I, I mean, I can leave it to you because you you caught on to the actual, like, the... I guess the spoiler part of the film... The twist. ...far earlier than I did, so perhaps it's best... Well, about two seconds yeah. before you know. <laughs> yeah, well, there's, you're introduced to a young girl and she's recently bereaved... Yes. ...by her, from her grandmother... And they're going to clear out her house and you're just sort of following them and not really sure where the story's going in the start. And um, But then you find out that she meets this other girl and it becomes clear that this is her mother from when she was a child. So yeah. it's like Petit Maman. Yes, which uh, now the title or... made a lot more sense because <laughs> I was sitting at the start of the film being like, oh, little mother. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're both, they're both eight years old, right? So you mm. kind of see the mother when she's at the same point in her life as of a daughter. And it feels almost as if, you know, at that period in their relationship, um, when the mother's obviously older, uh, they're kind of struggling to relate to one another and perhaps they're like dealing with the death in different ways. So it's kind of interesting how Siama kind of puts them together like that. And it's as if through, I guess, hanging out with her mother when <laughs> she was her age, she kind of comes to see and understand her mother as she is now, a little bit better, perhaps. Yeah, I think because she sees her mother as being quite guarded and doesn't connect with her as well in, yeah. in the future, or like the present. Yeah. And, you know, she has all these questions, like, oh, about her surgery, like, oh, she never tells me, just, like, little stories, like, that's what she says. Like, she never she wants to know the, the real truth, and I think that through finding her younger mother, she, she feels like that's something she can actually do yeah yeah it's almost like it's, it seems to be the first time i mean you see them at the start of the film they do seem quite close like the young girl feeds yeah. her mother cheese puffs close, but, <laughs> but you know she still feels like 
there's something that she's hiding from her almost. Yeah, and, and it seems as if it, it, there's kind of this like a- ambiguity in the film that's never really cleared up. But perhaps it's because um you take the perspective of the child in that the, the mother kind of disappears at one mm. point, and it's almost as if it coincides with the period in which the girl starts seeing her mother when she's younger. I think that was purposeful. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely like in terms of the structure of the film, it's definitely kind of you know it fit. They fit around each other yeah. like that. And it's almost quite hard to talk about this film because, as you said, you were just kind of struggling then to figure out, like, well, is it, would I say the present, <laughs> the past? Like, is it the future? Oh, Who it all really happens knows? at the same time. Because there's, like, different tight layers of timelines kind of get laid together. Mm. But it's, it's interesting because you, at one point, when her father meets the younger mother, you're like, oh, he won't be able to yeah. see her. You're like, oh, it's just a figment of her imagination Yeah, almost. and that's what puts that to rest, right? I yeah, was convinced, he, I was like, yeah. ah, he probably won't be able to see her, you know, it's probably the young girl, she's just trying to manifest mm. this to help her cope with, like, loss of her grandmother. And then her dad also sees her. Yeah. Which is a weird thing, right? Because the girl is eight years old and she's kind of seeing the person who she's going to eventually, I don't know if they're married, but, like, you know, married. have a child with. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is kind of weird. It's very weird. Yeah, and there was also another bit where, again, I got, well, I don't know, well, confused in this mm. instance, um, where I thought that the mother was meeting her past self, but it wasn't, it's the grandmother who dies oh. at the start of the film. I feel like we're, we're not doing we're a very make, good job. We're <laughs> making the film sound so confusing. It's really not confusing, which is stupid. It's, yeah, it's not confusing. <laughs> if you watch it, it's not confusing. Well, when you try to talk about it, it is, it is quite confusing. Yeah, it's hard to right? explain. Just everyone should watch it. Right yeah, that's uh, that's good. Okay, well, that's the podcast. <laughs> okay, everyone <laughs> no. just talk about it for yourselves. Yeah, I'm joking. It's a good film. It's definitely worth watching. Yeah. So the thing, so what, what, what would you kind of tie this film into in terms of themes? Cause I guess it's it is definitely a lot to do with personal identity and mm. like the past and how... Grieving. Yeah, the process of grieving definitely has a lot to, to do with it. I mean, we literally what, finished watching this film about 20 minutes ago, so we have, <laughs> we're coming straight like, off of it and trying to... F- figure out yeah definitely grief is a a big theme in it just because i think that like part of the young daughter's grieving process is understanding her mother's grieving process because she doesn't she's never had to deal with grief before and yeah you look to your parent as a role model for things you've done you've never done before Mm. so i think getting to know her mother better from her past self is like a way of understanding how to process her own feelings yeah well, that's, that doesn't make sense no i don't <laughs> i think you're 100 percent right i mean i definitely agree and i think that is even exemplified in the kind of ending of the film not again this isn't a spoiler don't worry but where they kind of just come together and embrace and then she calls her mother by like her childhood mm. name right yeah. so it's kind of like she they've come they it's almost like they've they've I don't know, maybe bridged a gap or come back a little bit closer off the, off the back of this like kind of strange, almost supernatural encounter that she's yeah. had with her, her, the past self of her mother. When, when I say like supernatural, I like how it, it doesn't feel supernatural yeah. at all. It's it, so, feels it feels so, so natural. natural. Yeah. And it's it all, is, right? Because as you said, it's almost like... Because that, that, that my interpretation was like, oh, something, you know, something almost supernatural or psychological is happening here. But then... But her father sees it as well, and at that mm. point, that that's when you kind of come to see it. This whole like w- weird world where people who are dead or alive, and people like their past selves, it all just guys. meshes together mm. really well. And like, it never. Sometimes it's a bad thing if a film doesn't try to explain it because it just doesn't make sense. But in this case, 
it just works you yeah. know like you you don't really you ever you're never led to question that like relationship between all the different characters yeah i don't know how exactly they make it work but it's just because it's like through a child's eyes the yeah. whole film yeah and, I, well i think that's what that and, is it. yeah and it just makes it feel so dream not dreamlike but just like fantasy in a way and but it's real. <laughs> yeah, well, it does definitely feel like a dream earlier on, right? Because how else are you meant to rationalise it mm. other than, oh, she's hallucinating, she's she's kind of, like, manifesting this, or... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very difficult to, like, kind of make sense of and to pick apart, especially when you finish watching it, like, half an hour ago. <laughs> um, but, yeah, but, I mean, I'd be very interested in reading what other people kind of have, to, have said about yeah. this and what, like, having conversations with people in the future about this film, because it's... I can see it being one that... L- largely on account of its length, I just find it it can be really rewatchable. I find. The... Yeah, I feel like you each time on rewatch you'd pick up smaller things, things from yeah, the they'd dialogue be smaller things, and, sure, yeah, and but... just or just from the different shots because yeah. it was a beautiful film yeah, to watch really, and look really at. Nice. They're really really composed really well. Yeah, no, just, I don't think it would be like it's not like you're going to rewatch it and have an entirely different perspective. Mm. Like it's not like the plot itself is going to have changed or there's some significant detail that's kind of hidden in the subtext. But like there's all these little things I imagine, and I, I imagine like if I let's say I rewatch this film in a year or two, I'll probably see it in a completely different way to what I'm seeing it now. It's very emotional. It really yeah. it really feeds off your how you're feeling at the time when you're watching it. I, I yeah. feel like and you know. I've just had a really nice day. I'm feeling cosy and nice. So it's, it felt like a happy I agree. movie. It reminded me of my own childhood and my own And like a nostalgic grandmother. film in the way you're on. Mm. But you could watch it, like, let's say you've had a shitty day. Yeah. You're feeling really sad. You could watch I'll the cry. film and see it. Yeah, yeah. I would probably <laughs> cry as well because it, it is quite, like, there's a lot of emotion emotion kind of latent within it. Mm. Oh, your foot is on my foot. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, your, that's your foot. I thought it was the chair. It's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Don't cut that out. Yeah, so I think, I mean, on account of this being a short film, and I did a bit of a longer episode last month, so I think we'll probably move on to the next section already. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've already ran out of things to say about it, <laughs> not because there's not... I need to think about it more. Yeah, It's exactly. a thinker. It's, it's a thinker. definitely one to stew on, and that's why, like, partly why I would recommend it. Yeah, you'll have a lot of interesting conversations after watching this mm. film, I imagine. <laughs> oh, but the one thing I will say actually before mm. we move on to the next section is it's just really nice in recent years how I mean for me obviously not that this hasn't been going on prior to this point but for me it was only in kind of 2019 but I started seeing films from female directors that mm. were like reaching the same kind of like levels of critical and commercial success and acclaim as those of male directors and it it does suck that it's taken this long but it's nice mm. that that is the case now, you know. Yeah, and I get what you mean because I have a sister, and it's different in these like female directed movies. They represent like the female or like women's experiences in a different way, which yeah. I like, and it's more nostalgic for me, or just more like relatable. Yeah, and uh, I mean we can link this into Little Woman if you want because this is what oh, we're originally going to gonna talk about. <laughs> and and I love that film. It's one of my favorite films. Yeah. I know you like it as well. I love that. At least I hope you do. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> but yeah, again, that's directed by a female director being Greta Gerwig and it deals with kind of themes of sisterhood and mm. family and I just don't know how any kind of male director would have been able to do that with quite as much nuance and like have it feel as homely nostalgic and like not 
I don't know. It, like, it is like a... It would be possible. And yeah. I'm not saying that they shouldn't try to do anything yeah. like that. But it was special. That's true. Yeah. Because... And it's it's just another thing with depicting female characters as well. It's like, how is a man going to understand a woman better than <laughs> a woman? You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it's just, no, it just doesn't... Sure, there, I'm not saying there aren't, like, well-written female characters, like, they've been hmm. written by men, but... It just feels as if you're never perhaps going to have as much nuance. Yeah, and not that every woman has the same experience. No, of course not. Being no. a woman, but yeah, I feel like just there is more in common with other female directors and their or their female audience. Yeah, that that's true. That's true. That's true. I don't know. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> moving on from that kind of like tangent, I I just want to say like obviously I appreciate that that is happening now. That there's more quality in the film industry essentially because you know coming up some great films and it, it's just sad that it's taken that long for this yeah, to be the case yeah but I mean there's a lot of great films again not that there weren't female directors like paving the way back mm. in the 60s and 70s with people like Ag- Agnes just... Varda and Chantal Ackerman Claire Denise sorry to name drop and flex but... <laughs> who sorry <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> yeah even yeah. I don't know I yeah. mean I'm not a film cinema File, you're, you're a cineast in the making. Okay. You're I'm a cineast. Oh, it's your third appearance in this podcast. It's more than anyone else. You know that. We, yeah, but like, <laughs> <laughs> we live together. <laughs> anyway. So, so what talk- films have you seen recently, Ben? <laughs> well, you, you know for a fact what films I've seen recently because uh, we spend basically all of our time together yeah. and watch most of the films we watch together or at least talk about them. Um, the only films we don't watch together are the ones you watch at like 2am when yeah, I'm asleep yeah that's true yeah when I can't sleep <laughs> and I'm like watching an insomnia film <laughs> often some of the best ones the mm-hmm. weird ones Any, anyway so we watched a few interesting films interesting <laughs> yeah interesting being a interesting word um, <laughs> <laughs> so interesting films interesting films so what did we watch last night I mean I can't remember I'm just prompting okay. you okay Thank you, Ben, for prompting me. No problem. Um, we watched a film called Audition. It's a Japanese film. Yes. Watched it uh, at the World Cinema Society, our, our university. Yeah, can can I just give them a shout out? Not that they will yeah. listen, but thank you. You always you always pull through, On apart point. from when you don't. So yeah. yeah, we watched Audition. It's a Japanese film by a director called Takashi Miike, who's has a very eclectic body of work. This is the only film of his I've seen, so yeah. I can't really talk at length about like his other stuff. Um, but yeah, he kind of has a reputation for making some quite controversial and uh, divisive films, and <laughs> I, I'd say that this is definitely one. Not that it's it's definitely not the like most controversial or like explicitly violent film I've ever seen, but it's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, God, I'm super. I'm usually so bad with that, those kind of really. Or it's a horror movie, basically. Yeah. And I'm usually really bad with that kind of gory, horrible horror. It just makes me feel so disgusted. Yeah, but what we I watched... watched it and I liked it. So. Yeah, I liked it. No, <laughs> I didn't like like it because it was disgusting. I liked it because it was good. What does that say about you? <laughs> yeah, I want to make someone eat my own vomit. It's, it's interesting because uh, recently as well we watched the film Goodnight Mummy, which oh, kind yeah. of does have a similar kind of like, it does have some torture scenes in it. <laughs> uh, it has a quite a few, yeah. Yeah. Well, don't spoil. Oh, oh it's it's fine. There's no yeah. There's no torture there's, scenes in that. There's film. no torture scenes in, in any film, either ever. film. Ever. 
No, I don't. No, okay, yeah, they both have torture scenes in them. They both have torture scenes in them. But I won't, I won't say anything in detail because it's literally disgusting and I will throw up yeah, if I talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say it invo- some of it involves some super glue and then some acupuncture needles. Oh, and some piano wire. Yes, and some piano wire. That, that's the recipe that's for a good night in. <laughs> no, that's, that's all you really need to know. But apart from the torture scenes in Audition, I think the beginning is, is quite interesting. I like that. I like how it's presented, the characters are presented, and then how it, the theme just twists. Yeah. And it's it doesn't feel weird though, even though it's like a one eight complete one eight. Yeah, and I, I I was saying like after we watched the film that, that I just wish I'd gone into it blind because it mm. does do it so well. Mm. Like where it's such a gradual like slow burning thing where you suddenly realise over the course of the film that. Huh, this is this is wrong, I and mean, you're like this is horribly wrong. Um, but we kind of I don't know about you, but like you know, just from I'm, seeing the the kind of poster the and poster, stuff like that, yeah, even that just gives it away. So mm. perhaps like if you do are interested in watching this film, try to go in like as blind as you possible. You literally just spoiled it. Yeah, and that, that, that did kind of suck because we could like anticipate almost where it was going and knew that yeah. something grisly was going to happen but, at some point. But part of that was the sort of. Appeal almost, yeah, yeah. Well, no, and I was gonna say p- part of it was just the film leading up to it for you, like telling, like giving you the clues and whatever. I think it did it quite well. Yeah, and it's almost it does kind of factor into that. Like, I don't know if you've heard the quote from Hitchcock, but it's like I can't remember the exact quote. So I'm just not gonna be able to say it. <laughs> no, but it's it's like the thing about how you know you can create tension for a, don't like if if you if a bomb explodes in a scene, the audience is like surprised for about two seconds mm. and then nothing really happens. But if you tell them that a bomb, bomb is going to explode, then you can create like five or six minutes of tension out of the sequence by doing that. And then when mm. it eventually does explode, it's all the more cathartic mm. kind of thing. And because we both kind of knew that that like quote yeah. unquote bomb was going to explode at some point, we could sit there and like kind of, we could feel when the tension. It, it did feel like palpable in the room. I don't know if yeah, that... Yeah, well, everyone in the room was like... Ugh. Everyone was on it, which was good. Yeah, it was, it good, was audience. good audience. Yeah. It was funny. We did this for Pity My Mind as well, but we just started talking about the film without actually explaining anything about it. We, I think we can save the first bit, like the premise. Where yeah, it's... well, yeah, that's all I knew when going into it yeah, was that. Yeah, you, you can know this and still enjoy yeah, the film. Yeah, definitely. But essentially a guy, it's like a widower, a Japanese widower. He loses his wife at the start of the film and he uh, he works for like a TV station or something like that, right? And they like put on a mm-hmm. fake TV show to try and audition for a new wife for him. Like years after she died. Yes, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, he meets someone. And what does leave it at that? <laughs> well, yeah, it's weird because like they start off having a relatively normal relationship. And then it's just torture. And you just don't know what changes. I know, it's like our relationship. What? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Suddenly someone's sticking needles Giddy-giddy. in the stomach. <laughs> You're like, where did it go wrong? <laughs> anyway. It is good. I want to watch what they on Ishii the Killer. Yeah, they are. That, that film sounds interesting as well. I mean, I don't know anything about it, but I want to keep Again, it that way. Again, I don't, yeah. Same I want to keep it that way. Keeping it that way. So... No spoilers, please. Yeah, no one messaged me spoilers after this, thanks. <laughs> we, no, no one messaged no, no me. No one listens. <laughs> I feel like I say that every episode. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did watch another interesting film this week, right? I'll leave it to you to, to introduce that oh, one. Oh, God. Are you thinking about what I'm thinking about? Well, what are you thinking about? Are you talking about 365 Days? Yes. 
great. <laughs> Why do we have to talk about that? Um, all, all I'm going to say is it's it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. And that, that's all I can really say. That's the only praise you can give it. Yeah. It, I mean, I expected it to... I, I thought I was gonna, it was going to hurt my soul. It did a little bit. Some of the it thing... Didn't, it didn't offend my soul that much. It did for me. That was he was not anyway. Yeah, yeah, Massimo's definitely not the one. He, he's right. not the one. He is not the he's one. He's a bad person. He yeah. should be in prison. <laughs> that is that is very true. Hey, well, he's a perfectly respectable businessman. He runs <laughs> a series of clubs, restaurants, and bars. <laughs> yeah, and his. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's an interesting film, definitely. Um, I mean, you, I don't know if I told you this. Um, not to, sorry to bait Christy out of this. No, hardly. Hopefully, people don't know who Christy is, but um, she watched it with her family. She told me. Really? Yeah. Are you fucking joking? Yeah. No, I mean no. <laughs> no, I'm not joking. I don't know why I said yeah. What the hell? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> she just must be really close to her parents. <laughs> That's all you need to know about that film. <laughs> just go, just gauge by our reaction what kind of film it is. Unless you would not watch it with anyone except for you and Christy. Yeah, yeah, no, well, I, what... I couldn't watch that with my parents. I'm still getting over when I watched like Fast and Furious with them and I saw two girls kissing or something and I left the room when I was about 10. Just... We watched The Lighthouse with your parents. Oh, I did watch The Lighthouse. But that was funny because I, I was like manically laughing the whole time. <laughs> It's a funny film. Well, we're going to watch the second movie of 365 Days, so yep. that's also all you need to know about it. And Portrait of Lady on Fire. So that, that'll be the next episode. Well, it'll be a tug of war between whether we do Portrait of Lady on Fire or 365 Days this day. <laughs> Why is it called that? I don't know. Anyway. Interesting film. Yeah, I think we'll leave it at that. <laughs> Great ending. Yeah. Uh, it's been a bit of a short one today, but hopefully, you know, I made up for it last time with a really, really fucking long episode on June <laughs> that took me like a whole day to edit. Uh, yeah, but but thank you for listening, as always, if you are indeed listening, and I hope you have a fantastic morning, day, evening, or night. Yes, me too. Sorry if this was messy. Thank you for listening, and thank you for coming on, Catherine. You didn't really have much of a choice. <laughs> well, I liked to think that I did. Good. But anyway. Good. Goodbye. <laughs> well, that, really that was a good one. That was a good one.